As a basis for the message this morning, I would like to have a children's meeting. So I'd like to invite all the children to come forward and sit here on these two benches. Don't be bashful. Please come forward. Good morning, boys and girls. Oh, good. Good to hear you. We're so blessed here at Topeka to have so many children. And I didn't know we was going to have two and a half benches full. But what a blessing. I'm glad each one of you all were here this morning. How many of you like stories? Okay. Well, what kind of stories do you like to hear? What? What? Okay. Anybody else? Well, you know what? I just like to say that some of my favorite stories is to hear when God answers prayer. And I would like to share a story with you this morning. And I'm not doing a promotion for CLP, but I did pick this book up at CLP. I think the title is From White Horse to Romania. That sound familiar, Ill? Anyway, um, this story is, is set in the country of Romania. You've heard of Romania. Romania is a very poor country in Europe, and that's where this country is set. And I've taken the liberty to change some of the names because some of the Romanian names are, will be hard for you to understand. So I've changed a couple of the names. But I would like you children, if you could try to place yourself in this family. Now, it's gonna be hard for you to relate to this story because this story is about a family that had no food. Did you all ever come in from school and you didn't have a thing to eat? Mama had nothing to set on the table. Did that ever happen to you? Well, I'm just asking you all to try to relate to this story, even though it's going to be a little difficult because you usually have something to eat. The title of this story is called An Empty Table. Danielle watched Mama open the cupboard door and look inside, and then she opened the second door. But Mama didn't take anything out. She just moved the blue salt shaker aside, and she arranged the tin cups. And Danielle wondered why Mama and her big sister, Anna, was not making supper. It was way past time to make supper. And anyway, and Danielle, her stomach was rumbling. She was hungry. Danielle glanced at her father, who was oiling his boots on a bench by the door. Surely Papa was hungry because Danielle had seen him outside chopping wood all day long. She knew that Papa had to be hungry. Danielle lifted her little brother, Eddie, higher on her hip. Her thin little brother, he didn't weigh much. And besides, well, he'd just fuss if she'd set him down. Eddie whimpered and he stuck two fingers in his mouth and just sucked really hard. He didn't have anything to eat, but at least he could suck his fingers. Mama opened the porch door and cold air swirled into the room and a skip of snow blew in on the carpet. Danielle heard a rustle as Mama shook the cornmeal sack, and Danielle shivered. Are you going to cook cornmeal mush for supper? 
cornmeal mush certainly wasn't Danielle's favorite supper. Do y'all ever have to eat cornmeal mush? Probably not. Anyway, Mama came back inside and her forehead was puckered like the edge of a meat pie. We used the last of cornmeal yesterday, she said quietly. And you children, you ate the last cornmeal mush for breakfast this morning. It was yummy. Peter rubbed his tummy wistfully, even if we didn't have any milk. Her lips trembled. Mama patted Peter's curly head, and Daniel, Danielle, she remembered that Mama hadn't had anything for breakfast. Mama had fed the children, but Mama didn't even eat anything, so she knew that Mama was really hungry, too. Let's see, this is a little bigger type size. Maybe this will help me. Danielle asked her mother, shall I run down to the cellar for some potatoes? She offered, no, Danielle, don't. Mama's gentle voice stopped her. There are no potatoes. She said quietly, glancing at Papa, and there's no other vegetables down there either. But I was just down there last week, Anna protested. Mama looked at Papa, and she said, the little we had left down there, the vegetables that we did have down in the, the cellar are frozen because it was so cold. We've had a lot of really cold weather this winter, and all the vegetables down there, they froze. Peter asked, well, is the cellar empty? Peter's brown eyes widened. What are we going to eat? Maybe Papa... Danielle began, shh, mother shushed, shushed her, don't bother your papa about it. Across the room, papa's jaw tightened. The boot he had been oiling dropped on the, thor, the, dropped on the floor with a thud. Little Peter clapped his hands and said, I'm hungry now, I want chicken. Don't you forget, Danielle said, a naughty fox got all of our chickens. So this was a dire situation. These people had nothing to eat. Papa got up suddenly and he gazed around the room. He set a stool under the attic entrance and he pulled down the trap door and he climbed up inside the attic. The attic door shut with a bang. Danielle tried to imagine what Papa needed up there in the attic. Nobody went up there, especially not in the wintertime. It's terrible cold, cold like Siberia up there in the attic. Why is Papa up in the attic? Peter asked. It must be cold as Siberia. It's terrible cold up there. When I went home with Anna last week, Danielle said, she showed me rows and rows of smoked hams hanging from the rafters in their attic. Yes, but their papa, he's the mayor, Anna explained. And there, there's really nothing in our attic except some of grandma's old clothes and maybe a dead bird or two. And Danielle picked up Eddie, who was whimpering again. Anna was right. Brother Joseph, he was the rich mayor. Mama rested her head on the closed cupboard doors, her hands clutching a towel. Danielle stared at her back. Mama moved the dish towel up and rubbed a little tear out of her eyes, and Danielle flinched. There had been other hungry days, 
according to Papa, who said that that was just part of life in communist Romania, but never one when they didn't have any food at all. Papa had taken their food coupons to the store on Monday, and he stood in line for four hours, but by the time Papa got into the store, all the shelves were completely bare. Now, your mama and your daddy don't have to go into Walmart, and there's nothing on the shelves. It's hard to relate to this story, but recognize if you was living in a situation where there was no food in the house and maybe none in the grocery store, what would you do? Mama said, girls, come inside. Let's set the table. She lifted her head from the cupboard door. Anna dropped the broom to put her hands on her hips. Set the table? Why would we set the table? There's no food to put on it. Daniel asked, your and Mama said, your papa, he's upstairs in the attic. He is praying for our supper. Mama said, getting out her pretty flowered tablecloth, so let's set the table. Danielle put down their white enamel plates, enough for one for the whole family, and Anna counted out a spoon for each person and put out two mugs of water where everybody could reach uh, one of the mugs of water. Last of all, Daniel got, Danielle got out the salt shaker and put it in the center of the table, and now they were ready for supper. Right on time, the door opened, and the school children burst in, bringing the smell of crisp outdoors. I'm starving! What's for supper? Verlin stirred the fire, and Lucy hurried to wash her hands. Come, sit down. Mama pushed Danielle and Peter gently toward their usual bench and plopped little Eddie down next to her own chair. Anna and Danielle exchanged bewildered looks, but sat down quietly. Where's Papa? Lucy slid in beside Anna and reached for a cup of water. Mother said, no, not before we pray. And Lucy set the cup down really quickly. Papa, he's busy up in the attic. He's praying for our supper. It hasn't arrived yet, but we'll go ahead and say grace anyway. We'll say prayer, even though we haven't got our supper yet. She bowed her head before the children could ask any more questions, and she said, Verlin, it's your turn to pray. Above her head, the children made big eyes at each other, praying, no food. Is Mama crazy? Saying grace for supper that had not yet arrived? Thanking God for food when there wasn't any? That's preposterous. Mama kept her head bowed down low, so at last, Verlin, he bowed his head and he began, Our Father, which art in heaven. Just then, the attic trap door slid open and two feet landed on the floor with a thud. All around the table, their heads lifted up. Papa strode into the room, tears streaming down his face. Our supper has come, he said. I saw it from the small window. It's the mayor, he announced. He has big bags. Brother Joseph, Mama cried. The mayor came inside stamping his boots. The mayor said, the Lord spoke to me 
He reminded me of those hams up in the attic, and I thought of you with all these hungry children. He set down his heavy bags one by one as the family stared. What do we say, children? Mama whispered. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Joseph. Thank you for what you brought. A chorus of thank yous erupted from the table. And John and Verlin, they said thank you, but their eyes never left those bags. You are so kind, Mama blinked back happy tears. How can we ever thank you? Brother Joseph smiled. Don't thank me. Thank God. Papa said this is a direct answer to prayer. When he shook the mayor's hand and he went on to exclaim that God's promises are always true. The mayor looked over the empty table. His eyes must have gotten watery from being out in the cold because he pulled out a large handkerchief and he blew his nose and he left hurriedly with barely a goodbye. When the door slammed behind him, everyone leaped to their feet and they rushed over to unpack the bags. Let's see what's in those bags. Bread, three whole loaves. Danielle held them up high. Never mind the bread, John said. Just give me some ham. Verlin tore open a paper parcel and shouted about cheese pastries. Lucy carried one of the jars of pickles to the table and opened it. Anna sliced a whole loaf of fragrant bread while Eddie banged his spoon on the table and crowed. Mama carved one of the fat hams under Peter's close inspection, both of them sniffing the smoky goodness. The family sat down again. This time, Papa prayed. This time, they finished their prayer. They thanked the Lord for the supper that he had sent especially for them and right on time. Now, don't you like stories when God answers prayer? I like that story. There's a lot of little short stories in that book uh, that are encouraging, and uh, I appreciated that story. <clears throat> so I'd like to ask you children, do you children believe that God actually answers prayer today? Do you, do you think God cares? Do you think He answers prayer today? Do you really believe that God does miracles in 2021? Do you believe He does? Now, boys and girls, it's probable that you will not face what this family did. You will not face, I don't think today or this week, you won't come and sit at the supper table after school and there won't be a thing on the table, in the cupboards, or in the grocery store. But you know, don't take your food for granted. You know, it could be taken away. There could be a fire, there could be a flood, there could be a tornado. But whatever you face, <clears throat> whatever difficulty you face, God knows and God cares. Do you believe that? The Bible tells us in Psalm 103:13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. So children, at the end of the service, I have something for you. I have some bread, I have some ham,
I have some cheese, and I've got some pickles. And not only for you children, but I think we have enough for everyone here this morning. So I know that you're, whatever you face, you probably won't face a lack of food. But I would like us to remember, I want you to remember as you eat that, as you eat that little sandwich of ham and cheese, I want you to remember that God cares. Did God care for this family in Romania and he answered their prayer and he sent food right on time? Did he do that? Do you think he can do that for you, for whatever you face? So for the children and for the parents, as you eat your sandwich today, think about it, that God cares for you. And no matter what you face, he cares and he will provide. I thought it was interesting that the class sang, My God is so big. And I thought that went so well with this story. But I'd like if you would help me sing it again. Would you do that? My God is so big. So strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are His, the rivers are His, the stars are His handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do for you. Okay, thank you all for coming. Let's have prayer. Father, we thank you for this story that we heard. And we believe that you are looking down from heaven and you know very intimately what we're going through, the trials, the struggles. And I pray, Lord, that we will come to you in humility, seeking your face for provisions that we need. Father, we probably won't face a lack of food, but we do face issues, Father, and I pray that this will be a tangible reminder for all of us that you care and that you will meet our needs as we come to you seeking your face for blessing. Bless these children in a special way and their fathers and their mothers. Help them to grow up to love and serve you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, I would say after the service, there will be a table in the back. And there will be those little sandwiches on the table. Please do not eat them inside. If mothers and fathers want children to wait till they get in the vehicle, that's fine. Or if you want to, take your sandwich outside and there is a, a trash can outside and put your little baggie in the trash can outside. But don't eat in the church if that's okay. Okay, thank you much. And you're welcome to go back to your parents. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what you're going to face this year. And I'm facing clock. And there's always a certain tension after a children's meeting to not upset you and do service to the sermon. I'll do my best. We're going to move on. I don't know what you may face in 2022, and I don't expect you to face the same difficulty this family did in Romania. They didn't know where their next meal was coming from. But as the Lord tarries, difficulties will come your way. Trials will come in 2022. And no matter what you face... Please remember this, this story of God's providence. Remember three loaves of fresh bread. Remember several sides of ham. Remember the cheese and remember several jars of pickles. As you eat your sandwich, realize that God cares for me. Whatever you face, go to Him in contrition. Go to Him in brokenness, seeking that provision. And God will meet your needs. 
But more importantly, remember God's provision. How did that provision come to this family? I would submit to you that the key to receiving God's mercy and grace is to cry out to Him in brokenness and humility. What are your needs? I'd like to ask a question. What is more important, to be challenged by a message or to be changed by one? Which is more important, to know the difficulties that will come your way in 2022 or to be prepared and fortified through prayer? Brothers and sisters, I confess my need for more prayer. I guess I felt this past week that I recognized lots and lots of things needed prayer. Prayer in my own life, prayer for needs in the family, prayer for needs of this congregation, the ordination and friends going through difficulties. And I, I don't need to bore you, but I felt like I did try to spend some more time in prayer. But brothers and sisters, I need to spend more time in prayer. I promise you I do. And I doubt there's anyone here that could raise their hands and yes, I've reached a spiritual plateau. I, I pray as much as I ought to. I don't think any of you'd raise your hand. The title of the message this morning is Lord Teach Us to Pray. Turn with me to Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 15. 1 to 13, I believe it is. Lord, teach us to pray. The text would be 11, 1, verse 1, but I read the first 13 verses. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us daily... I'm sorry, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he, he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door's now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity or his persistence, he will rise and give him as much as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? I think this is a beautiful passage on prayer. I realize I had a sermon about six months ago, and it was about prayer. Well, maybe Jay needs prayer more than you do, so I really don't apologize for having another sermon on prayer. Verse 1, the text verse we need to recognize our need. The disciples came and said, Lord, teach us to pray. 
Not only the words that we say, but the attitude of the heart is so important. We need to recognize God is the source, and we are the impoverished ones. We are the beggar. We need to cry out to Him in brokenness and contrition. Sinners need to cry out. They need to cry in need of repentance. Difficult trials demanding perseverance. These are things that would lead up. Why would we need to cry out to God in prayer? Situations where answers are few and far between. Are you facing something where the answers seem few and far between? Where do you go? What do you do? What about when you lack wisdom for difficult questions? James 1.5 says, Thank you. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. Maybe that. Thank you, Mel. I needed your help. We often need to go to God. We don't have that wisdom, but we can go, and He will provide. He's promised. That is recognizing our need. Let's go to verses 2 to 4. I'd like to call this a formula for proper prayer. And Jesus told them what that formula was. And isn't it interesting that Jesus never taught His disciples how to deliver a proper sermon? Isn't it interesting that Jesus never gave the disciples a sequential list on how to lead a person to Christ? But upon request, He did give them, give them a prop, proper formula for prayer. In these verses 2 to 4, notice once again the person praying. Number one, He gives recognition to God for who He is. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Number two, the person praying needs to realize his own sin and deficiencies. And thirdly, then the person praying pleads to God for his provision. Third point of the message, verses 5 to 8. I know we're moving through this pretty rapidly. I'd like to call this persistence in prayer. The Bible tells us that God always already knows what we need before we ask. So why pray? I believe it blesses the Heavenly Father. It blesses biological fathers to hear children verbalize their needs. Do you like to hear it? You as a father, isn't it? don't you like to hear your children? They have a need and they want you. Well, if they don't ever come, well, Papa is hardly needed. Aren't you glad when your children come? Verbalizing a need. Heavenly Father wants to hear that. Biological fathers want to hear that. Um, Fathers are important. Why is it that it seems God waits so long to answer some of our prayers? Is it possible that He wants to make sure that we are truly at the end of our own ability to remedy a certain situation? And I ask also, is prayer only a last resort or have you and I matured to the point where we're willing to pray early? Does that make sense? Sometimes we, people say that prayer is a last resort, resort, but should it be? Should we not pray early? Because we know that our Heavenly Father will meet that need. Number four would be promise provision for proper prayer. That, verses nine, that is verses 9 to 13. <clears throat> 
We as parents find joy and fulfillment in meeting the needs of our children. Mothers are wonderful. They're known for their kind care. A child's out riding a bike and has a wreck and scuffs their knee or their arm. Mama is the only one will do. They want to go because Mama has that loving touch. And she'll rub it, kiss it, and put on a Band-Aid. Ah, what great comfort from the mother. And fathers, they find blessing in providing the physical needs in the home and also leadership, leadership that's required of him as well. You know, often when we pray, it seems our prayers revolve or focus on tangible needs. Often we ask for tangible needs. But look, I, I appreciate it as I read this, uh, this verse here, the last one. If ye then, being evil or earthly, knowing how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? That's not a physical or a tangible need. It's interesting that the Father gave the Holy Spirit or Emmanuel. We're coming up on you know, Christmas season. We think of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And I guess I would suggest, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, your salvation is the best gift that you have right now. But second to it would be the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Notice there in verse 13, the Father gives of the Holy Spirit that indwelling who brings peace and comfort and you name it uh, for whatever you face. I say outside of salvation, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts to mankind. Brothers and sisters, we do not know what we're going to face in 2022. But you know what? I think it's the grace of God that He shields us from that information. Who was it recently that preached? Maybe there's some things that we don't need to know. I knew somebody preached that just recently. Maybe there's things that we don't need to know. Uh, and I think that's one of them. If we knew everything coming down the pipe our way, we might be in a miserable mess when we got home this afternoon. Thank God He shielded us, shielded us from that information, that from that knowledge, but He has promised His grace. What you may be facing, it could be a physical, it could be a spiritual, it could be emotional issues, it could be a financial reverse, it could be a terminal illness, it could be death of a family member, it could be couples with an inability to conceive. It could be those with strained relationships. It could be children who caring for aging parents. And I know we have some of those in our congregation even now, today. Or you may be struggling with children who are making decisions that you know will only cause heartache in the future. You fill in the blank. Do you and I have recourse when the problems of life are larger than we are? Do we have recourse to go? What do we do when we feel overwhelmed? You and I come to that point at times when we feel overwhelmed. The answers are few and far between. What are we going to do? 
But brothers and sisters, I submit to you there's hope in Jesus, in his word, and I say praise his holy name. Very briefly, I'd like to consider some hindrances to answered prayer. I'm going to move through these pretty quickly because of time this morning. What are hindrances to answered prayer? If we have hidden sin within our hearts. Other people may not know, but God does. God knows. Psalm 68, 18. If I regard iniquity within my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That might not be quite verbatim. I think that's close. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Unconfessed or hidden sin in our hearts is a hindrance to prayer. Number two is pride. Proverbs 6, 16. Six things the Lord doth hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. A proud look is the first one. Why does God hate pride so bad? He hates pride is because a man with a proud heart will never bend the knee. Do you recognize that pride and knees, uh, unbending knees go together? A man that's proud will not bend a knee in submission to the Lord Jesus when he calls. A third thing that is a hindrance to prayer, I'd like to turn to this one, maybe not quite as um, familiar. Mark 4, verses 18 and 19. Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Speaking of this, the seed that sown in thorns. And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word. What is a hindrance to prayer? And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. I believe our affluence and preoccupation with earthly concerns is a hindrance to our prayers. Now, you and I would not probably pray this afternoon, um, give us this day our daily bread, would you? I'll have to admit, we have three freezers at home, and I'm likely not going to pray, and I should. It could be taken away. We have three freezers of food. We should probably ha be having more of you over and get rid of some stuff. <laughs> we don't want you to have second-rate stuff. But understand what I'm saying. How do we pray give us this day our daily bread when we have so much? Do we need God? We've got it covered. We've got three freezers and other, lots of other things. Would I pray like that family? Maybe not for that. But do we come in brokenness and contrition praying for the things that we really need? I feel like it's so prevalent in our day. The affluence and preoccupation with early, earthly concerns draws us away from God and seeking Him in prayer. Fourthly, this is another one. This is even more obscure. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, did you know that your relationship to your wife has something to do with your prayers? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Why? That your prayers be not hindered. 
if my relationship with Sally is going south, it could be affecting my prayers and God's ability to hear. There's two other ones I thought of. Number one, uh, I'm sorry, the other two would be unforgiveness. The Bible says right after the, in the Sermon on the Mount, right after Jesus prayed uh, his prayer there, he said, if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you those I better turn to it. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So it's imperative that we forgive. If we do not forgive others, the heavenly Father is not going to forgive us. A hindrance to prayer, and I didn't have an I didn't have a reference for this one, but I had one for ingratitude. If I'm ungrateful, if I've got things covered, why do I need to go to to God in prayer? If you all had, if you want to fill in my sermon a little bit better and and put a reference for me, that'd be great. You could tell me later, but I do believe an ingrateful heart, if that's a word, uh, would affect our prayers going forward. The last thing I'd like to consider would be promised blessings for perseverance in prayer. What has God promised in His Word about prayer that should give us some encouragement? See if I can quote this one. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your closet Shut the door and pray to your father, which is in secret, and your father in secret will do what? Thank you, Ellen. I saw your mouth moving. He will reward you, and he will, let's see, he will reward you openly, um, and he will reward you openly. I don't have it quite all in mind, but thank you. You pray in secret, and God has promised, I'm going to reward you openly. That's a promise from God. Another promise that I think is, is such a blessing, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed from the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. An invitation to come and to seek God. Third one, promised blessing would be Isaiah chapter 57 verse 15. We were in Isaiah in our Sunday school lesson. Isaiah chapter 57 verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. Where does God dwell? I dwell in the high and holy place in heaven, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive, bring revival, the, to revive the spirit 
of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. We can be revived uh, seeking God. Fourthly, God's ability to meet need. And I love these two as I thought about some of the needs this past week and seeking God for them. I'm blessed so much by what we have in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You know, we think we know what we should say, the words that we want to pray. But I love these, this verse. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God is able to answer beyond our expectation. We know what we want to pray, but God is able to far exceed to meet the needs that we, that we are beseeching Him for. I love that verse. There's another one I love. is Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It didn't say most. It didn't say that He will provide for your wants. But He said He will provide for your needs as you seek Him, as you seek His face. And what are the results of a righteous prayer or a man who is righteous? And you know this passage very well. You know this verse, James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now in that story that I read about Romania, I, I can't see this father up there in a cold, shivering with his, his coat on and boots and saying, Oh, Father, just please send us some food whenever you get around to it. I believe he was fervent. He was beseeching the, the father for his family, for food that was, was not there. I believe he was fervent in prayer. Are we? In conclusion... Brothers and sisters, we have the privilege of connecting to the greatest power there is, and that is God. That connection is secured only by one door. Jesus said, no man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus is that door of connection to the Father. But you know what? There's only one key that opens and unlocks that door. I have some keys here. And there's only one key on, on here that will open my mother's house. I think it's this one. But there's a good many keys on here, but there's only one key that will open that door at my mother's house. And Jesus Christ is the only way. He, okay, Jesus is the door. What I'm trying to say, there is a lock on that door. And the only key that will open that door, giving you access to the Father, is if you come through a prayer of brokenness and humility. Lord, teach us to pray. Don't forget to get your tangible reminder on your way out because there's sandwiches enough for everyone, I think. The Lord bless you. Let's seek Him for our needs in 2022. May God bless you and shall we have a song.